Hey guys, welcome back to Big Girl Things with Tamika and Laura. Today we're going to be discussing the five early warning signs of a toxic relationship. We have all had that one friend who has fallen head over heels into an unhealthy or, shall we say, toxic relationship. From the outsider's perspective, it's so much easier to see those red flags, but what happens when you're caught into it yourself and too love-struck to notice? Hindsight is a great thing, isn't it? We always ask ourselves after the fact, how did I not see this coming? In order to avoid falling into this trap again, we need to identify some of this toxic behavior early on before it escalates and our relationship has deepened. In this podcast, we are going to be outlining five early warning signs of a toxic relationship. While it takes a long time to understand who our partner really is, there are subtle red flags early in the relationship or dating period that may indicate that that person needs to do a lot of inner work before they are ready for a relationship. So we're going to be kickstarting off with Laura. So she's going to be um, starting us off tonight. Um, how you going, Laura? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for doing this podcast with me again. Um, I think this is a really um, interesting topic to talk about because sometimes it can be such a taboo, you know, mm. um, especially with friends and family. I think we all know at least one person who is in a bad relationship who can't see it because they're so blinded by Absolutely. love. Absolutely. Or... You know, like no one understands why they're still sticking to the sticking in the relationship, putting up with what they do. Um, while sometimes I'm, I'm not sure about you guys, but I've definitely once or twice in my life have been that person where I've had friends say like, "Get out of it! What are you doing? You deserve so much better." And I think those are the one of the early signs as well from our ex mm. our environment, people telling us to get out of the relationship for some um for some reason. I can I think. As we grow and mature, like I'm, I'm twenty seven this year. You, you, you are too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, thinking back on our previous relationships and what I thought was toxic then, and to what I th- think is toxic now, I think it's so different. Mm. So I find I think it's really important that we discuss it as we grow, mm-hmm. um, because someone might need to hear this. Absolutely, and you're so right. Like talking about, like thinking about you know, friends telling this from the the get-go. And I remember back, you know, years ago when I've been in a few toxic relationships that you just feel like they, they don't understand. Like, right. I just wish they'd support us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is really a, a great conversation to have today and, and talk about some of these red flags. So, yeah. when uh, Out of curiosity, when you were in that relationship and you had friends telling you, like, you deserve better, you should get out of it, how did you feel then and did you now thinking back do you think that they were right or they were definitely right yeah um I would yeah like not to go into too much of it but yeah when I was in a um very unhealthy toxic abusive relationship to be quite um honest my friends they knew they they knew what he was doing but I just felt like you know he and that goes back to our worth you know I'm like oh this is all you know he makes me happy like he's sorry you know and we'll go through that you know that vicious cycle they were definitely right and I it like it hurt that you know my friends weren't there because I, I lost everyone because of you know this one person that I thought was my absolute world right what did mm. it take for you to like kind of one day wake up and say hey this is actually not right Wow, that's um, it's probably it's a big question because it's a, it's a really deep question. I think um, 
there were circumstances that meant um, we couldn't be together anymore. Um, you know, it like to be quite raw to start off with that his behaviour was no longer um, tolerable and um, his actions um, had really serious consequences. So he was no longer there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, so pretty deep. Have you, what about your experiences? I was pretty bad too. I think I was mm. 20 and uh, turning 21. It was my first proper full-on relationship mm. and I gave it my all mm-hmm. as a young girl um, coming out of high school. My parents were really strict with me, so I wasn't up to date. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is it. <laughs> you know, I can do anything that I want. I can love someone as much as I want to, however I want to. I thought that I knew exactly what I was going to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I was nev- I'm never going to be like my parents. I'm going to find someone who gives me true, passionate love, you know, and this is never going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so back then, the focus was on passion and mm. the fire that, that goes on, you know. And, like, as we all know now, looking back on our toxic relationships, it's because we held on to the passion and the fire that we mm. almost let everything else slide. Absolutely. Um, so... What it took for me to get out of it was, I think, very similar. Mm. It was a reason or two that we couldn't um, be together. And I guess those toxic tendencies tend to, like, just heighten Mm -hmm. during those times. I was feeling super, super insecure. And he was amplifying the things that he was doing. And I guess the fire just kind of grew until it got out of hand. And I started breaking down into anxiety attacks. Mm -hmm. And then my family took me away. Mm -hmm. Um, This was back in college. So, yeah, they took me away. And I think I was, after that, I couldn't leave my my room for a good six, seven months. Mm -hmm. I was just falling apart. So a lot of things that were going on, I was was abusive in a way as well. But I'm very lucky it didn't go too far, as in, like, physically. Um, So... Yeah, I think yeah. it really just takes a big turn. Like you don't notice, you think you can steal, um, what do you call that? I can still take it, I can take more, I can still... It's so weird that we think, I can take more, yeah. but, yeah. you know, instead of, I just, I want to be happier. Mm-hmm. You know, which I don't have a toxic relationship, I don't think the happiness actually ever increases. No, it's so, like, it, you're so right there. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that I'd really like to point out is often with relationships that we're when we are falling into you know unhealthy or or toxic relationships and not not all the time but most times we are we are basing this off you know relationships that we're seeing in the past so I'll be quite raw and honest that um my like I was a a child that was subject to family violence as a um you know when I was growing up Mm -hmm. and I saw my mother be you know poorly treated um and that's all all I knew that was normal so um the trajectory for children that are seeing that is likely that there would be a victim of abuse or be an abuser. So sometimes what we see, um, and this comes up a lot in my work, that children um, tend to be, can be perpetrators of, of family violence because that's the behaviour that they've seen or they can, can tend to seek those um those relationships out because that's their norm and that's their, um, I guess, that's their pattern that they've learnt over time. Um, so until you like really do some deep work in understanding, um, you know, your worth and what a, um, I guess a healthy relationship is, sometimes people can fall into the trap of, you know, choosing those partners over and over again. 
100%. I think, we, and you said before in, um, I think it was episode two in adversity, um, you said that we're programmed to believe what we see mm-hmm. um, and things as we see as a kid often become the um, what we believe we deserve as adults. And I think that was such gold that you, you pointed that absolutely, out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Shall we Shall we get into the Yeah, the let's do it. Kids? We've got so much good stuff. Yes. So, all right, point number one. Did you want to kick, um, kick us off? Yeah, sure. So, we've, um, so our first topic uh, point, sorry, um, that we identified is controlling behaviors. Um, so, when we think about this, this is when, you know, I guess you start to date, you know, your, your potential partner, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, whoever that is, um, and you might notice that they're, um, you know, they're starting to ask, oh, who, who are you going to see? Or, you know, uh, why aren't you coming to see me? Um, I would, um, you know, for instance, these things could be, um, you know, constantly isolating you from your family and friends, which is something that I've experienced. Um, you know, they'll try to keep them all to yourselves by complaining about how often you're hanging out with certain friends or, or family members. But they might also do something less obvious by making comments such as, you know, for instance, say that you were, um, you know, you had planned to go see some loved ones tonight and your partner would say, oh, well, I was actually hoping to do a really nice, you know, dinner for us. And, you know, that could be understandable if it was one occasion, but if it was multiple and, you know, it's coming like, oh, it seems that every time that I'm going to do something with my friends, you're saying that you had plans and it's that emotional abuse that's making you feel like, and then, you know, he or she will say, um, but you know, you complain that we never do anything and now that I want to do something, you want to do something else. So, and then you tend to feel bad that, do you know what I mean? And, and that's a way of, you know, controlling um, behaviours. So, yeah, and it, it does, it makes it really hard because you don't know if you're in the, you know, like, are you doing something wrong? And that's a really, you know, hard trap to be in. Yeah, I think it's something really common as well um, that happens. But in the beginning of your relationship, I think the tolerance for anything is really, really high because we only see the the roses and rainbows mm. and you're like, well, I don't mind, you know, giving up a couple of things mm-hmm. for this person, you know, mm-hmm. what's love if you don't sacrifice mm-hmm. um, something. But um, thinking back now, um, what I would have changed about my perspective, because what we can, the only thing that we can change is our own perspective and our own actions and how we allow someone else to treat us. So the, what we tolerate is what we will, is how we will be um, treated in life. Absolutely. Mm. So if from the get-go, I think maybe not many people understand that being controlling comes from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Just to be aware, I think is already a big step because now you're aware um, you have the choice to choose what you're going to do with this awareness. Don't want to talk to them about it. Don't mm-hmm. want to bring it up immediately because I don't think that having conflict in the relationship me like takes points away from it and it shouldn't be conflict it should just be allowed to um to share your thoughts Mm -hmm. and opinions because if you can't share how you genuinely feel with the person you want to spend quote-unquote your life with who can who can you and like Mm -hmm. wouldn't you then be leading yourself down a path to be stepping on eggshells like that's exactly right yeah and to add on that laura I'm a huge believer in understanding people's behavior. I just love it. I love understanding why people do the things that they do. Um, And something I'm really 
passionate about as well is attachment theory. And when we think about controlling behaviours, they're, you know, people are the way that they are because of their upbringing. And that's something that, you know, we always stand, um, stand strong with. And if we think about a partner that does have controlling behaviours, it's not justifying their behaviours, not at any time should you justify someone being, you know, physically or emotionally abusive towards you. But you can understand, so take a second to understand where this is coming from. This could be, you know, they might have had insecure relationships growing up, like you said. They might have had an insecure attachment with their um, caregiver and this has resulted in, in the way that they form relationships with others. So it's just something to be aware of um, that if they're not doing that they need to be doing that work on themselves don't they like they need to you know like what you said you know communicating about it uh, i'm noticing this but these are this is just something to if you notice this early on then just be aware be aware of that in the early stages because these are things that you can pick up on early right yeah 100% mm. I think deep down inside everyone wants a healthy loving and happy relationship mm-hmm. it's just that sometimes we've got so many ingrained habits and um, expectations in us mm-hmm. um, from our own environments that when we come together we're like I don't even know if what I'm feeling is right mm-hmm. you know we, we're trying to look for the rosy things how can I um, make everything perfect mm-hmm. the less the least uh, sorry the lesser the conflict, the better my relationship is, um, which is which is not which is definitely not true as well. And just having a, imagine having a partner that you can both pull each other up when you're you know someone's bullshitting, when someone's going off the rails, when someone's doing something like just out of their character. Being able to pull each other up, it's like it's a very grounding feeling to know that you've got someone who's got your back and they're not gonna lie to you because um in senses if you hide if you you know if you decide to instigate the behavior of all right maybe i won't share this Mm. maybe i won't share that then you're gonna have that habit of not sharing more things so where's the line of all right this is this is too much i need to share this you know like absolutely it's a very fine line so it's some sometimes we and I don't blame anyone for not wanting to like um, to communicate their feelings. It can be very confronting sometimes. Absolutely. What if we don't want to hear the answers? What if we know what the answers might be and we don't want to hear? It, you know what? What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I think um I think this is why it's really important to to talk about this. You know when you're approaching a relationship or you know in the early stages mm. because. It is so much easier to cut ties. It's hard to cut ties from the start when you notice some of this behavior and we'll go more into depth in the other points soon. Um, but if you are so caught into this relationship and, it, and it's, you know, you know, a year to two years down the track, even six months, um, it is going to be really, really difficult to have these conversations, I think. And, and we're going to move into the, the next point, but, you know, which is boundaries, um, you know, identifying, knowing your worth and, you know, putting these boundaries in place, like, I won't be treated like that. Like, you need to not, like, the amount of, like, sorry, I know that there are guys that um, are treated like shit too, but mm. the amount of girls that just put up with shit because they do not know their worth is, it's just not okay. And 
you know, girls need to start taking action and men um, for the, the, the way that they are treated because you let one person stand over you, you're going to let the rest of, you know, the world stand over you and you're never going to get anywhere with, you know, with your relationships or with any, you know, areas of your life. It's, yeah, it's time to take, you know, responsibility. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, um, it's like building your own sports team like you know your family is your team who are you putting you know beside you behind you don't want someone to be like backstabbing you in in relationship senses could be lying to you or cheating on you down the line you just don't want to have that in your corner um so it's like like you said it's good to pick it up in the beginning Mm -hmm. because then yeah why not like like they always say higher slow and fire fast mm-hmm. like take Absolutely. your time to screen through who you're seeing who you're dating mm-hmm. ask them all these grilling questions because you need to know now before you you commit yeah for sure yeah yeah um should we go on to the next point yeah um so the next point we identified was you know one of the red flags another red flag would be you know when they disrespect your boundaries mm. um and this is really important like how many times, um, you know, have you been in a relationship, even, you know, in the early stages and even now, like, you know, you could have moments where um, boundaries are overstepped and there are times where you can negotiate, okay, this is a boundary, but, you know, we can meet halfway if, you know, if both people are in, um, you know, in agreement with that. Um, so some things like uh, I've identified is, you know, when you say you don't want to have sex and they insist, like that is a huge red flag to me and like to be quite honest I've been in that situation where I've said I don't want to do this and they've put pressure and I was like no I'm out like I've said right from the start like this is not what I want I have respect for myself and my body um I and and you're insisting that I'm not about it um Mm. so and that's that's really important um even things like when you say that you're not available to see them okay like Sundays are my days and even if they do it subtly like oh but I really really want to see you that's cute like you can determine when you know when it's cute or when it's really pushy um but like when it's continuous and it's getting you know it's getting uh you know you frustrated and it's it's um getting in the way of the things that you love to do as well and and your plans like that's like a a red flag for me in terms of boundaries um what about like do you have anything to add to that yeah yeah yeah, of course um i think that's a really good point that you you've pointed out like with especially with sex um I know this is a common thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe how, like, now that you've mentioned it, it is actually a really common thing. We, as women, somehow we just, we try to please our partners so much that we yeah. put ourselves second, and it's not a doubt at yeah. all. We'll just put ourselves second for the people we love most. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that means allowing others to step over our boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and sex can be such an invasive thing because, like, it's... Oh, I can't, it can just be, I don't think that really needs any, any explanation there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. on the other side of it, I think that where it starts from could be that often we allow others to step over our boundaries and it doesn't begin with just like the sex bit, but with other things, allowing people to step over our time boundaries, our, um, our priority boundaries and saying like, for example, the, the controlling behaviors and stuff, mm-hmm. you might say no sometimes, no, I still want to go, but then every now and then again, you'll, you'll think like, um, maybe it's okay, maybe I won't go this time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of training the other person. If they've got toxic tendencies, that's going to 
allow them to think that oh what about this time maybe i'll say it again you know see what happens see the reaction because someone who's toxic i don't like they love themselves way more than they do love you so in that sense it's not even a question of whether oh but he loves me or but they care about me then they clearly don't Mm -hmm. and i think everyone deep down inside who is doubting whether they're having a toxic relationship or not have had these red flags come up absolutely this person i can i know that he's doing this because this will make him feel better um and and that's at the expense of my happiness Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah spot on um so yeah i guess boundaries it starts from being aware of like what are the boundaries you allow other people to step over in the first place and just working on that um one step at a time like we've mentioned earlier just the awareness is a great gift that you Mm -hmm. can have that's the start of making change for sure and be firm like be firm Mm -hmm. with your boundaries um we need to be you know assertive and clear with our communication to and this is not only with potential partners but friends like all people in our lives that this is our boundary own it and we've spoken about this before laura like we could go into like a dinner and say oh i'm not sure i'm gonna have a drink or i'm not or you know i'm on this diet so i'm not gonna have this or you can go like no i'm not drinking tonight and i i'm you know choosing better food choices um and you know it's the same with you know boundaries like i don't have sex you know um until you know, the fifth date or whatever, or, you know, six month down, whatever you want to choose and be really firm with that rather than, Oh, I'm just not sure. Like, Oh, I think it's too early. No, own those boundaries and be clear right from the start. So you can tell them, um, yeah, be clear with, with it all. hundred percent. And you're allowed Mm. to voice up your, your thoughts and your opinions and your values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And then by, by voicing them out, you allow the other person to respond and I think that's when you pick up the cues on whether this person has toxic tendencies by the way that they respond to you. Are they trying to justify hurting you? Are they trying to justify, oh, no, but me, but me, but me, instead of putting out plain and simple, I'm sorry that that's hurt you. I didn't I didn't realise that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Which leads us into another point um i might just skip over the next one because this one will actually go in nicely um which is dismissing behavior so it's like when you are communicating about um you know some behavior that you you haven't been happy about or something like they've hurt your feelings or something like that and you you say look this is how i feel um when you did x y z and they're like you're being stupid you're overreacting like i didn't mean it like that um or trying to justify it um triggered absolutely triggered like you're overreacting you know you're just being silly i hate it when people say that if someone said that to me like years ago i'd be like i'll start to internalize and that's probably why i get so triggered now i'll start to internalize and be like oh my gosh i'm overreacting like oh do you know what like i I had it like this was with this abusive partner. He would say, you're a psycho. Like you are so mental. Like, and like, this would be like talking about, um, a girl that I I knew that he was seeing, like he was like flirting with, it was clear. It was right in front of my eyes that, you know, he was rubbing her up and that sort of thing. And when I go to talk about it and it would have been, it was very, um, you know, like I was very upfront and, and you know, like, like I'm really upset by that. I probably didn't have the, 
uh, skills that I have now, but I would have, you know, expressed it in a reasonable way. And I was like, you're overreacting. Like you're like your mental, you're so jealous. And they, like, didn't mean this is that behavior that you really need to be aware of. Um, and I think now if someone ever said to me like, oh, you're overreacting, like Matt wouldn't dare say that. He knows that. <laughs> but I would like, I think I would be, um, yeah, quite triggered because it's not nice. It, it is not nice. You're only expressing how you feel and no one can tell you that you don't feel a certain way. And I think like if we're striving for a healthy relationship, what a healthy relationship is, is they encourage you to tell them how you feel because it matters because it's important to like, if you care about someone truly care, you would want them to grow and to be better, to not feel insecure, to be happy, to, Absolutely. to like actually be strong and confident, independent, you know, like, because it just, it just makes sense. Like, and folks, sometimes we focus on, okay, what's bad behavior? What's bad behavior? I'm thinking sometimes maybe we need to focus on what's good behavior and like encourage that more. So it's like, all right, this is not, this behavior is not what I want, but what do I really want? Mm. If I want a healthy relationship, what would a healthy relationship do? Would we talk this out? Would we will we support each other through our insecurities, pull each other up on our own, like, bullshit and say that hey um this causes a lot of fights um um, like between us i don't really like i hate fighting with you can we find a figure out a way to work on it you Mm -hmm. know we fight about this all the time Mm -hmm. i don't like it Um, yeah and if someone's not willing to to cooperate um then i'm not saying that they're a bad person but i think you need to ask yourself is this a type of relationship i want to be in someone who doesn't want to talk about their feelings yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Mm. What about, have you, so our next topic is talking negatively about your, about exes. Have you ever been with a partner where they were just like, you know, yeah, you know, you always talk about, oh, why relationships didn't work out. I think that's a really important conversation to have with a potential partner. Um, and they have just, you know, spoken really negatively. Oh, it was all her fault. She, you know, she was, she was a psycho or, you know, like any of this language. Ooh. I've definitely been the one who's criti- um, criticized my ex. Oh, yeah. Because I felt like he did me so much wrong. I never had a bad bone in my body. Um, you know, now I can't trust anyone because of him. You know, it's, it's easy to point the finger. And I don't think everyone who points the finger is, a, is coming from a bad place. No, no. I think... Pointing the finger can be just a way of saying that I haven't fully grown out of it. I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm clearly wanting to change as, as we're not together anymore. However, this is the only way I can try to show that I'm a good person. Is that, you know, we by saying um, how much we've done for somebody else, we're hoping that the merit comes out in how loving and caring we can be, how much we're willing to sacrifice for someone. And I think that was definitely where I was coming from. And I think that a lot of many people who try to paint a bad picture of their exes are actually just trying to paint a good picture of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, bef- and at that time where I didn't really know what self-worth was and I didn't believe in myself, that was all I had, how much I could give to other people, you know, instead of how much, how much love is overflowing, you know, mm-hmm. and bringing, bringing other people up. Absolutely. Um, so 
I don't think that's a necessarily a um, a super super red flag. Yeah, no. If, mm. Mm. I think it could be like it's so broad that one. I think when we think about you know a red flag is talking negatively about exes. I think it's every relationship you've been in. The arc. Nope. She did this, he did that, and every one of them you could identify, but not taking any responsibility. And look, I'm not saying there are certain times because I know there was a number of relationships that I had that were very toxic. Um, and, you know, it, it took some time. And I'm coming from a really honest place that they I just had a really bad run. And I think it's fair to say, like, there are people that have a bad run and, and have had, um, you know, some, some bad experiences. But I think when, you know... Like, or even if you knew their exes and you're like, I just, it just doesn't make sense. I feel like there's more to this story, you know? So like, it's just interesting. And that one is really broad. I think that could be like a pink flag, like something to, you know. Oh, pink flag. I've never heard that term before. Yeah, I think, yeah. Oh, it's like, I don't know. Um, But like, not a red flag, but like on the, on the, you know, brim of it. Yeah. 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 No, I I totally get you. Um. Um, let me see. How do I put this? Like, um, I don't think I really explained it very well either. Like, being overcritical about the exes. I know it can be. I've, I know. I know this for sure. And I say it with certainty. I know a couple who keep talking about the exes even mm. when they're together. And they talk about bad things. And I can see they're just longing for the other person's compassion and, and love. I think deep down inside when someone blames the entire world for something that it's not just about the exes that they do that they do it with work they do it with every situation and circumstance they always play the oh poor me poor me Mm -hmm. someone did this to me yeah Uh, i this happened to me but i think in um um i think that itself is a sign and, and should be something to pick up on that either yourself if you're saying that Mm -hmm. or if somebody else is saying it that there's a lot of work that needs to be Absolutely, done. Absolutely, for sure. And just yeah. to, I think a lot of a lot of the time, we what we don't do is we don't pin pin it right on the head. We don't say, "Hey, you talk about your ex a lot." You know, no one says that. We just let it go. We let yeah. it slide. We're like, "Oh, you know, it's just that's something that they do." Um, let's just try to change the topic. But no one actually pins it on the head and says, "Why? Why do you talk about your ex so much? Like you do realize it takes two to tango. Yeah, it takes two to be in a toxic mm. relationship. Yeah. So like, look, you're like you might have been on the, the what you call that the the receiving end of of all the bad things that have happened. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like be kind to yourself. Absolutely. Like you did the best that you could have in that mm-hmm. situation, and yeah. like just. First of all, it's not a good look mm-hmm. on anyone to blame to be blaming everyone else for their their mishaps. Um, second of all, is that just be just be kind to yourself. Understand that you you were growing. You yeah, for mistakes. sure. Yeah, because like you've got so much more to to give and to grow. You know, mm-hmm. look at what a wonderful person you are. Mm. Stop shortchanging yourself. Absolutely, you know I love that, and you know following from you know the negative relationships that I had in the past and and before Matt I actually did I had a a really positive relationship um it ended like you know none of us you know on on mutual terms it was 
like he probably this person actually showed me what a, a healthy relationship was um and there were things that I reflect in this shows my development as well that I'm like yeah I could have done that better but mm. you know it's exactly what you're saying like be kind to yourself we we're still developing like I was still you know I was in my early 20s and um you know I was just starting to figure out what healthy relationships were um so it's just really important that we learn we take something and learn something from every relationship whether that's with you know a potential partner or um you know friend or you you know that sort of thing so yeah it's really important to think about yeah um the last point i think we're on laura is being secretive uh and this is probably like this is definitely a red flag like there and when they're being secretive and trying to justify it and it mm. probably goes back to dismissing as well like you're being like you're being paranoid you know like and i need to listen to this could see our faces <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh and i think how dare you <laughs> i think you and i like if we caught matt or pat doing that would be like nah you're out didn't mean like i think we're at the point i don't know that's I'm just assuming then, but like looking at your face, you're, you're agreeing with me. Um, we know our worth now. Like, you know, we're 27. We've had our fair share of relationships and we know you give me that shit where you're like, you're out of here. Like, and they'll be the same with us. Like, you know, and that's a really strong, um, you know, boundary and, um, you know, expectation within a relationship. 100%. Mm-hmm. You, you definitely tolerate how you will be you know you allow other people to treat you in your life and Mm -hmm. like same thing with your partner it's like don't do this you know i can't stand this don't give me this bullshit i'm not here for that for that game anymore Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. if if you want to be in a relationship with me these are the things that you these are the lines that you you can't cross you just Mm -hmm. can't cheat on me you can't lie to me i can't deal with it you know absolutely that's not something that that they go against my values and my beliefs Mm -hmm. um and i think reflecting back on um our previous podcast about how to uh, create the relationship we truly desire we do talk a lot about being in alignment with your values and beliefs in the beginning absolutely that's a really strong foundation because if you can't stand being someone being secretive or hiding things from you then figuring that out in the beginning whether your partner can tolerate that or not i think it's a big deal for sure yeah and i don't think like i think that should be a value and expectation of everyone like don't stand up for disloyalty and you know secretive behavior like there's no need for it look fair enough if they're out choosing an engagement ring for you or whatnot like I think I could accept that although (laughs) I might want to choose it myself um but you know like these are like like they're exceptions but things like being really sneaky with their phone like hiding it every time they come in and just putting their phone away um you know taking off places and you know figuring out that they weren't where they said they were you know all these things that add up um definitely red flags definitely i think there's one thing to uh, pick up on that is that don't let someone tell you you're being silly when you have a strong feeling that something is not right you have a feeling for a reason Mm -hmm. Um, there's a reason why dismissing your behavior there's a reason why you're feeling like something's up Mm -hmm. because it probably is if there are no actions and no behaviors that lead to that contribute to that then you won't feel that way that's exactly right and i think as well look at times we might like we might have um you know perceived something different um or misread and you know but it's about communication. It's like, you know, sometimes we would we might get jealous or, or look at something from a different view and be like, 
that that really upset me, but you need to talk it through. Um, but if they're like, no, that's not what happened. All I would ask is, can you just see it from my perspective just for a second? And then like, we'll work it out, you know, because they need to understand how it's being interpreted or how it's being perceived by the other person. Whilst it might not have been their intention to do so, this is how it seemed and this is how, you know, we feel from that. Yeah. Mm. One thing I found that's um, with with me and Pat is that um, if I'm in the beginning, I was very much more insecure than I am now. But what I found that's really worked and helped me work on my insecurities is... Um, asking myself if I could ask Pat to do something to help me feel mm. better in this really, and uh, you know, to help me, what would that be? And oftentimes, it's um, I'm just telling him that this is when I feel insecure around these people, around this type of situation. Would you be able to support me and help me feel safe by being more affectionate with me during these times? Could you put your arm around me, hold me a bit closer? You know, kind of just remind yeah. me how much you love me. That really, really does help because I'm, I'm working on this, but I need your help as well. Absolutely. And we need that, especially if we've been in really insecure relationships before where we have been cheated on. And this is our, you know, this is the expectation that we've had on on relationships that it can take time to heal and to overcome that so asking your partner um just being honest with them and this is how i'm feeling um and this is why um could you just provide me some reassurance and over time when we do have a stable and secure relationship we'll tend to let go of that a little bit more and and you know develop that you know a like that trust not that a relationship should always be developed on trust from the beginning it's not that you have to earn my trust because you should come with 100% trust because there's no reason why that other person doesn't deserve your trust like it's your past experiences have got nothing to do with them however you can talk to your partner about this is what's happened to me before this is why I might have some of these insecurities could you yeah. just help me with some of this reassurance yeah and we've all we're all adults in this game and it's like Everyone can control their behavior and their actions. Mm-hmm. Every every wrong decision is made one decision at a time. And to give your partner the responsibility of, I guess, upholding this relationship as a as a two person team is that you need to hold up to your your part of the of the promise to say that these are the things we pr- we promise each other. Um, and I don't want to have to be checking up on you all the time. That's that's just not healthy and this not good. I want to trust you. So you have to show me behaviors that I can rely on, that I can trust so that when you're not there, I can actually give you the trust. You know, it Absolutely. works both ways. And once that's established, um, I guess you do have to tell your partner how they, they make you feel as well. Thank you for doing this and like praising good behavior. When you do this, I feel, I feel, you know, safe. I feel that you love me. I I feel reassured. Um, and it's like a two person thing. Don't feel like you have to work on yourself by yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what we're here for each other for, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, I guess to, um, to finish off, I think it's really important to think about or, um, let the listeners know some, I guess, some things that they could do when experiencing these red flags, because, Sometimes you don't know what to do. And I guess when it's early on in the relationship that, like I said earlier, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to, to pull these, pull these things up and, um, you know, 
get rid of the relationship altogether because you need to identify that first. Like don't, don't put up with that shit. If it's early on, um, know your worth and, you know, put an end to it. Um, but look, we are all flawed people and your partner is going to have some flaws or traits that you don't like. Um, so if you do experience a few red flags, it may not necessarily be a reason to cut ties altogether. So like, you know, they might not be aware of this behavior to start off with. So it's really, I think it's really important to communicate about these things. Like, look, if it was like physical abuse or really manipulative Mm. behavior, no, like don't even go there. But if there's some things that they might not even be aware of, um, for instance, I don't know, they weren't expect uh, respecting your boundaries. So they, these little things, just calling them out on and communicating about that to give them an opportunity to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts about, you know, I think dealing with these red flags? We can't be there holding anyone's hand 24 seven telling you if he does this, what does that mean? Mm. If they do that, what does that mean? You know, like you have, it's your relationship mm-hmm. and whatever your happiness is, is going to be different to everybody else's but i think going into every step of relationship whether pre during or like really deep in you have to remind yourself that a relationship is not meant to complete you Mm -hmm. you have to complete yourself first and that will answer a lot of questions as is um and just by doing that, by loving yourself, you establish uh, healthy boundaries that you might have. You learn to voice your opinions and your thoughts and learn how to communicate love mm-hmm. or how you need support and how you need love as well. And just from there, just focusing on how you can complete yourself um, as an individual because the better off you are, the more you can give, the more you love you can receive and give as well. So absolutely really important just to remind yourself at every point, if you're finding like you're struggling, ask yourself, what, what do I, what do I, I not, not what do I need, but just remind yourself that a relationship doesn't complete you. Absolutely. You complete you. Yes. A hundred percent. And another thing, if you're finding that you continue to get yourself into these situations, mm. Think about why, like really do some reflection on why is it that you keep attracting these same people in your life in terms of relationships? Is it because, you know, you did witness this as a young person growing up? Is it because, you know, you feel like this is all, all you deserve and, you know, you're not sure of your worth because these are really important factors to help you change behavior. It's about that awareness. Um, And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Read, like, Listen to podcasts. Yeah. Like ask, keep asking, tr- keep trying to find the, the answers to these questions because if you don't find it from people who know what they're talking about, people like um, Mr. Gary Chapman, we've just talked about his five love languages, um, things about relationships, about thoughts, about communication um, and human behavior, you're never going to be able to have enough puzzles, uh, pieces in the puzzle to put it together. You just have big empty gaps of questions of what if, why, why me, mm-hmm. what do I do? Yeah, absolutely, Laura. Yeah. Alrighty, we might wrap it up then. This one's been a um, a really good one and there's so much more we could talk about even, you know, some things that I was just thinking about finishing up is, you know, what if this was your friend, like how to help a friend that's going through, a, you know, a similar situation, which is, you know, something that we could talk about, you know, yeah. maybe on another podcast. Yeah, um, But is there anything else that you'd like to add, Laura, before we do finish up? No, I think we're pretty good. I think there's a lot of... Um lot of content in here that our our, um, listeners could take away and I guess if you've got a friend who you reckon you want to help 
share this podcast with them. Absolutely. Just that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Alrighty. Um, I guess that's it for today, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast as usual. Thanks for, thanks, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to see more content or tidbits, uh, bite-sized bits of our podcast that we produce, you can always hop onto Instagram and find us on um, at biggirlbiggirlthings underscore podcast, at biggirlthings underscore podcast. Um, and yeah, you can comment, reply, let us know what you'd like to listen to, or just let us know what you think of the podcast, if it helped you. Uh, we really appreciate it. And as always, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, see guys. guys. See ya. See ya.